So we are in week two of our Easter series called Things Jesus Never Said. And here's one of the things that Jesus never said. You don't have to forgive them. Yeah, that's all right. See, so okay, so on the topic of forgiveness, how many of you have a really annoying Facebook friend? Okay, come on, we know they're out there. Go ahead and raise, go ahead and raise your hand if you've got a really annoying Facebook friend. Okay, uh, oh, the rest of you are liars because we all know one. <laughs> you may have unfollowed them, but we all know them because <laughs> they're all over the place. So let me tell you what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they post. <laughs> no, he also didn't say, fool me once, I'll forgive you. Fool me twice, and I'll give you gout. But I know some of you guys have wondered that. <laughs> I had one of those mornings once where I was wondering if that was from God also. Also, he definitely did not say, sorry, you've sinned too much for me to forgive you. I can forgive everybody else, but you really get on my nerves. He did not, he might feel like he said that. You might feel it, but he did not say that. So what did Jesus actually say about forgiveness? Well, to answer that, we're going to turn to the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5 and 6, where he talks a lot, actually, about prayer and forgiveness. And so, and we're going to start with the thing that we just did a few minutes ago. We're going to start with the Lord's Prayer, him, Jesus, instructing the disciples how to pray. So it begins with Matthew 6, 9. Jesus saying, this is how you should pray. Our Father, and everyone say, our Father. Our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And now let me highlight what Jesus did not say after that. And forgive our debts, even though we're still holding grudges against other people. No, no, he didn't say that. See, he didn't say, I'll forgive you, but you don't have to forgive that really annoying person who hurt you. See, instead he said this. And forgive our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then, just a couple of verses later... He adds a little elaboration. It's like a postscript. It's like the perfect, the perfect post-credit scene that he adds on to this prayer. And here's what he says. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your, your Father will not forgive your sins. I want to read that again. Let that settle in. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, I bet some of you are probably feeling a little uncomfortable right now. In fact, you might even already be working on rationalizations about why it's okay for you not to forgive that person in your mind. See, you might be heading right now for an unsettling moment with God this morning. You came to church, 
thought everything was going to be normal, everything okay. And suddenly, you recognize the sobering words of Jesus might have a direct application to your life. You're carrying around a grievance against somebody, someone who's wronged you, hurt you, disappointed you, let you down. Now, before I can move forward, I want to acknowledge something. That some of you are feeling something right now, and I I just want to name it. When I talk about forgiving another person, everything inside you screams, but you don't know what they did to me. Your spouse cheated on you. Your best friend betrayed you. A business partner or friend cheated you out of money. A family member broke a promise to you. Or someone that was supposed to love you and protect you, instead, they hurt you. They used you. Some of you, perhaps many of you, and disproportionately women, you have endured very real abuse. Verbal, emotional, physical, and sexual. And years, even decades later, you still feel that pain. You're still carrying the scars. And for me to stand up here and to simply say, forgive them, sounds cruel. So I want to recognize that pain that some of you are carrying. I want to name that and acknowledge what they did to you was wrong. And it was evil. And it was unfair. And it was not part of God's plan for you. So how do you forgive? How do you forgive when you don't want to? Or you can't forgive them. Whether it's someone talking trash about you online or someone shattering your innocence. How do you live out what Jesus actually taught? Well, to answer that, we're going to look at four passages in the Sermon on the Mount that will help explain what's going on here. This is is using a principle here called using Scripture to understand Scripture. And it's a wonderful way to help understand a difficult passage is you look to see what else God has said about that. And so first we're going to go back to the Lord's Prayer. And that begins with our Father. Again, everyone say it. Everyone say our Father. Our Father. Now, I find that kind of strange. Because, see, in marriage, I get it. So when Papa tells me, we need to shovel the snow, it really means, you need to shovel the snow. When she says, our bathroom needs cleaning, it really means, you're stinky, clean the toilet. And when she, she says, we're bringing dinner over to our friends, it means, you're cooking something or I'm picking something up from Costco. 
So I get that in marriage. But here, our Father? See, if I were to teach people to pray, wouldn't I say teach the, have them say, my Father? But that's not what Jesus said. Because he began this prayer with a reminder of something we often forget. We share a common father. That makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. We are not independent and alone and separate. We are together. Our relationship with God is directly connected to our relationship with other people. And that's why our relationship with others really, really matters to God. You see, you can't pray to our Father while resenting your spiritual sibling. You can't pray to our Heavenly Father while resenting your spiritual sibling. You can't do it. That's why forgiveness is not optional. Second, we're going to go back about a half a chapter into chapter 5. Now, Jesus says something completely counterintuitive, almost blasphemous. Here's what Jesus says. If you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Now, I've never had someone walk out of church whenever I teach this verse. But if you got it, you got it. Okay? I'm okay with that. Anybody? No? Okay. Okay. We'll keep listening. So what is Jesus saying here? Really? I mean, is, is he really saying if someone's got a beef with you, that is actually more important than your worship of God here at church. He says, actually, walk out. Walk away and make that right. Because you can't worship your heavenly father when you've got rifts and anger and resentments toward your spiritual sibling. That's how destructive unforgiveness is. And God knows that. That's why he says, before you worship me. Actually, even quit your worship of me. Go make it right. And then come back. Then we can commune together. We can be together. See, we usually hold on to resentment because it gives us a feeling of power, especially over the person who did us wrong. You're taking control of the narrative. You're not letting them get off easy. You want to punish them for what they did. But see, unfortunately, we have it all wrong. We have it all wrong. A theologian and author, Lewis Smedes, wrote this. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner was you. See, unforgiveness hurts you. It doesn't hurt the other person. And in a lot of cases, that other person has just gone on with life. 
And by holding on to your anger and your resentment and your bitterness, you are allowing them to wound you over and over and over again. Why are you giving them that right? We think not forgiving someone is power, but it's really a prison. You're living in a prison of offense and slowly decaying due to bitterness, anger, resentment. There's only one way out. There's only one way out. Forgiveness is the key that sets you free from the prison of offense. Forgiveness is the key that sets you free from the the prison of offense. See, some of you are living in a prison of offense right now. And Jesus wants to set you free. But that happens with forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks that door. That's why he said that, that it is more important than even your worship of him. That's why forgiveness is not optional. Third, Jesus had another teaching that is directed to what some of you, some of you are thinking right now, ooh, good story, inspirational quotes, I like that, Ah, but I'm just not ready to. What do you do if you're too overwhelmed with hurt, anger, and pain? What do you do? Well, if we go down just a few more verses from what we just read, Jesus gives us the first step toward forgiveness. And I've talked with people before about their anger, their resentment, and they, and they say, I'm just not ready to forgive. But there is a first step you can do. Usually when someone says that, I'll follow up with the question, well, what steps are you taking to eventually get yourself some, there sometime in the future? And most of the time they aren't. They're just holding on to their anger. So here's the first step. Here's what Jesus said. You have heard that it, it was said, love your enemy and love your neighbor and hate your enemy. See, Jesus was speaking into a time and a culture that believed justice was an eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. Somebody wrongs you, you wrong them back. And that was the view of justice. And if we're honest, I don't think we're too far off from that right now. You have probably even gotten advice from that. And I bet you've definitely heard it on Facebook. You ever seen one of those posts? Someone posts a vent of someone who, who wronged them, and all of a sudden people start trashing that other person. Everything from dump that guy to better stay away from me, I'm packing. Whoa. That escalated quickly. But we're not too far from eye for an eye. In fact, if you ever talked with friends, you might have even gotten that advice from them. I've even heard it in the church. Basically, the advice is, Hate your enemy. Do wrong to the person who did wrong to you. 
And we see that in politics. We see it in segments of the social justice movement. And we even see it in the church. They hurt you, hurt them back. Get even. Make them pay. But Jesus spoke into this very self-serving distortion of justice. And here's what he said. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be children of your Father in heaven. What do you do when you're angry? When you're hurt? When you're bitter? You can start praying for the person who wronged you. You can start praying for the person who let you down. You can start praying for the person who abused you. As people of Jesus, we are called to pray for our enemies. And there is a segment of the church right now in America that has completely abandoned that teaching of Jesus. But we are people of the cross. We pray and we love our enemies. We don't take revenge and justice into our own hands. And if you can't do anything, you can start there. Even if your prayers are just, you want to do something, let God do something to the other person. Give them gout. But you know what will happen? As you pray, God will soften your heart. God will meet you in those prayers. And those prayers of God do something to them eventually will become God do something in them. Because you see, praying for those who hurt you may or may not change them but it will always change you. Praying for those who hurt you may or may not change them, but it will always change you. Fourth, one more passage to look at. There's one more piece of forgiveness that we need to understand. And now this isn't in a verse or a passage, but it's in a single word. The word that is translated, I'm going I'm to teach you a little bit of Greek today. The word that is translated as forgiveness is this Greek world word called afeimi. And it's a, it's a common word with, with a range of definitions. But at its core, it means to let go, to leave, to abandon. Afeimi is an amazing word. Because forgiveness is letting go of your resentment. Forgiveness is leaving bitterness behind. And forgiveness is abandoning your desire to punish the other person. That's, that's what's so great about this word. It is a deep, rich word for forgiveness. Because you see, as we go through life, We tend to pick up some rocks along the way. 
this person threw shade at me on Facebook. And we start carrying that around. My parents criticized my life choices again. They'll never understand me. One of my friends let me down, and I was so disappointed. And we walk through life and collect up rocks. And that bag gets heavier and heavier. And now, we decide to do different things with our rocks. Some of you, some of you decide to carry the weight for months, years, decades. You think, you do the martyr thing because you think it's the right thing to do for a Christian. It's a good Christian thing to do is I'll carry the weight. See, now some of you Take the opposite approach. Some of you want to grab one of these and go all Cain and Abel on them. But some of you, some of you don't take the big rock. Some of you take little rocks and you start throwing little rocks at the person, at the family that you're upset about. No, you would never smash them over the head with this. But you can take little jabs, little critiques over and over again with this. But Jesus Christ invites you to let go, to leave your rocks at the foot of the cross. Jesus Christ invites you to forgive. You can carry the rocks. Or you can let Jesus carry the rocks. See, now there's something even more amazing about this word, afiimi. See, there's an amazing word picture hidden in this, this word. So this Greek word is a combination of the prefix apo and the core word heimi. You combine them together. And apo means to, to separate, to put distance between something. And then heimi literally means to put in motion or to send off. So a literal etymological translation of this word literally means to hurl something away. Uh, you totally thought I was going to do that. No, just kidding. <laughs> it literally does. It means to throw something away from you. And some of you, some of you need to hurl your bitterness away. You've been carrying it way too long. Maybe you've even added, you're wearing it as a badge of pride. 
but it's weighing you down. It's just a bag of rocks. And you need to hurl that far, far away from you. See, it gives whole new meaning to the verse, the psalm that says, As far as the east is from the west, God has removed our transgressions from us. God has literally hurled our rocks from one horizon to the other. And now, it's your turn. It's your turn to afeimi, to forgive someone, to let go of your resentment. Because Jesus said, you do have to forgive them. Forgiveness is not optional. So I'm going to invite the worship team up here to play some music. And I'm going to give you some time here to reflect and then to forgive. No, it doesn't mean that what they did was right. It doesn't mean you ever want a relationship with them again. But what forgiveness means is you are no longer holding punishment over them. You are no longer locking yourself in a prison of offense. And I'm going to give you a chance to take your rocks and put them at the foot of the cross. So here's what I want you to do. If you want to participate in this activity, it'll require a piece of paper. And so... Tear off part of your bulletin. You could use one of the offering envelopes, um, a scrap of paper, anything you want. And I want you to write down the name of someone or something that you want to say, God, this resentment, this bitterness is yours. I don't want to carry my rock anymore. I'm tired. This is not helping me. And then down here in front... I've got a little basket of rocks, enough for all of you. And I want you to take that little piece of paper and come up here and wrap it around your rock. Because paper beats rock. Wrap it around your rock. There you go. (laughs) And I'm going to give you two choices. One is set at the foot of the cross. Let Jesus carry the weight that you have been carrying. And for some of you, some of you need to do even more than that. You need to hurl that bitterness away from you. And for that, I'm going to open up the door. And some of you, you need to hurl that bitterness and that anger and that resentment far away from you. If you walk up to the side of the stage, you've got a clean shot out through both doors. And I want you to throw that rock out those doors. Don't worry, we'll clean them up later. Because you need to afeimi. You need the freedom that Jesus gives you and promises you. But to do that... You need to lay that resentment, that unforgiveness at the foot of the cross. For some of you, you're 
You're going to take that little rock and hurl it out. Now, there is a car out there. Don't throw it too hard. God wants to free you from your prison of unforgiveness. That's why forgiveness is not optional. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. That is why forgiveness is not optional. God forgave you so much. That's why forgiveness is not optional. So we're going to take a few minutes here and let's unload some of these burdens we're carrying.